So just in the course of 2017, as chief information officers have either set a path for the year ahead or in some cases settled into new roles, there's been one thread running through almost all of these plans, consolidation. But consolidation is a pretty nebulous term. At its core, it means reducing the footprint of a state government's information technology operation in this case. But, but how that actually happens can be done in so many different ways. Some states, like Arkansas and Pennsylvania, are turning to data center consolidation, while other states, like North Carolina, are diverting their efforts to bring the information technology authority and power into a singular agency with some technological consolidation like that data center effort coming along with it. At the end of the day, though, consolidation and optimization are pegged to one thing, efficiency. With effective consolidation, states can save money and be in a more powerful position to increase their data analysis efforts and embrace new technology. The, the three biggest priorities we've got coming up this year is to optimize the environment. Well, right now our top three priorities are cybersecurity, cybersecurity, and cybersecurity. I've been meeting with all of our customers, just kind of understanding what their priorities are. You're listening to Priorities, a show where State Scoop and state information technology leaders take you through the main focuses of the state IT community. Today on the first episode of season two of Priorities, we're going to talk about consolidation and optimization. We're going to talk about its challenges, its opportunities, and what we're seeing across the state government community. Our three guests today bring hands-on experience with consolidation and optimization from multiple perspectives from multiple times in their careers. Uh, our first guest today is Mahesh Nadmai. He's the Executive Deputy Chief Information Officer for New York State. Mahesh, we're happy to have you on Priorities today. Thanks, Jake. Also from the public sector, we're joined by James Collins. He's the Chief Information Officer and the head of Delaware's Department of Technology and Information. James serves now under Delaware's new governor, Governor John Carney, and previously served under Governor Jack Markell. James, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Jake. Great to be here with you and everyone else today. And finally, we're joined by David Ray. He's the Chief Technology Officer for Software for Hewlett Packard Enterprise. David, so happy you can join us today on Priorities. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate the opportunity. So before we get started, I just want to thank HPE for sponsoring today's edition of Priorities. And with that, we're going we're to jump in. So you all heard in the, in the intro we did, when it comes to setting the stage for consolidation across the state government community, but, but I want to turn and set the same stage, but for each of your individual organizations. So Mahesh, let's, let's start with you. A couple of years ago, the team at New York's Office of Information Technology Services, you kicked off an ambitious plan to consolidate more than 50 data centers across state government. Can you give us an update on where that effort stands and, and really what you and your team have, have seen generally in consolidation and optimization across the state? Yeah, thanks again, Jake. You know, in order for me to talk about how far we have come, I just want to kind of take a step back and see where we were back in 2011 when we kicked off the initial IT consolidation effort shortly after the governor took office. At that time, you know, I was fortunate and privileged to be part of the transition team when I was called upon. This is at the time when we had about 50 different CIOs, 50 different data centers. It's, IT was all over the place. And uh, we kicked off the effort. And I still remember, you know, later uh, during that phase, we had a consultant engaged to try to do a scan of all the information that uh, New York State had. And, and when I presented the report to some of the executives, you know, the joke was, is this what we own? Or are these the list of all the softwares in the market? Because we, we owned everything. You know, we had 20 different email systems and multiple data circuits going into uh, the same state building, different authentication mechanisms. So it's really bad. And the worst part is nobody even knew how much we were spending uh, on IT. We were completely reactive rather than proactive. Now, fast forward to today, with the strong support from the governor's office, we have a single entity, as you, as you mentioned, uh, with uh, over 4,000 IT professionals, and this organization is headed by the state CIO. 
we we run everything uh, servers network email phones application development you name it we do everything so now what <clears throat> you know what have we seen uh, over the last four years obviously it was a bumpy road as uh, because we went from not knowing anything to now we are at a point where uh, you know we have consolidated and migrated about 120 plus uh, 120,000 plus mailboxes and we moved to uh, Office 365 in the cloud. We have done uh, voice over IP. We have migrated completely from the legacy system to a new voice over IP system. We have consolidated and migrated many of the state's uh, websites to an Acquia cloud platform. And I think the best exciting part is we have consolidated over 30 data centers. And what we have seen as we've gone through the last six years, uh, Jake, is, is really we were running along you know, with the uh, innovation that was going uh, on in the data center market. So when we started this project, we were thinking that we're going to need about 30,000 square foot of uh, uh, data center space. Where we are now, and we are close to 10,000, and we are almost done. And the power capacity that we thought that you we were going to use, we're not there. So it's a, it's a pretty exciting journey. And uh, along the infrastructure upgrades, we were also able to do um, a, something pretty significant in terms of open data. So we, were, we launched an award-winning open data portal to advance the governor's uh, transparency agenda. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of efficiencies, as you mentioned in your opening note, that although the original goal was um, really savings and efficiency, but I think one of the key objectives that we have with consolidation is really to present New York State as a single entity, not as 50 different entities. So when a business or when a citizen comes in, they kind of feel like they're operating with one state, not 50 different agencies. So that, it has been an incredible journey. We have come a long way in all aspects from where we were back in 2011. Um, and uh, you know, we took the consolidation approach very early. It is a daunting task, no question about it. Uh, it has already provided a ton of benefits, and over time I can only see it growing. The, you know, it, and, and another point of view, consolidation actually lays a very strong foundation for us uh, to be agile and adapt to the rapidly changing landscape. Because without that, I don't think we can react in a way that um, our principals and uh, our sponsors would want us to react you know, for, to all the different changing needs. So that, that's what New York State has uh, achieved over, over the past several years you know, since we started the consolidation. Wow, that's, that's outstanding. Mahesh, I appreciate that perspective. And uh, super exciting to hear about the work underway to really build a more efficient and, uh, and effective New York. So James, let's, let's turn to you here. DTI is, is pretty actively centralizing the way the state's doing business with technology, and that's including a ton of different components. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you and your state have seen with consolidation and optimization so far? Sure. Uh, thanks, Jake. First of all, uh, ditto to everything Mahesh just said. So, and I really appreciate it. He stole a lot of my thunder, but I'm going to try here. Uh, actually, I think he gave a really succinct summary of what you know when you start this process, what you what you actually face. And uh, and I would also like to start with kind of just a little bit perspective around centralization. Uh, you know, I think that everyone is in the process of evolving from this manila folder age to the information age. And in the manila folder age is, is when, uh, you know, if I had the folders, I had the power in that agency, and that's where you had to go to get service. Uh, in the information age, anything that creates a silo is really an impediment 
to uh, productivity and efficiency. It doesn't necessarily facilitate it. And so when I think about, you know, how did we get here where I think it's number two on uh, uh, CIO's priority, uh, at least government CIO's, is, is centralization. And I think the private sector actually hit this uh, earlier, and uh, they're out in front of us uh, in, in this work. But when you, when you think about it, uh, when you didn't have all of the high-speed broadband access that we have today, you kind of have to have your systems close to you to get the performance that you wanted. Um, so broadband has really enabled many of the conversations we're having today around cloud, virtualization, and, and a lot of other things that we are uh, now have access to. So certainly no fault of anybody that came before us, because I think everybody does the best with what they uh, have to work with. But now we've just got so many expanded opportunities that this environment makes us have to question, it should make every organization question, you know, do we need to be this deep into the IT business? Do we need to be in the IT business at all? And we're certainly asking those questions with the end goal of certain being efficient with resources, um, you know, providing a consistent presence to citizens and employees to access services anytime from anywhere and from from any device. And uh, and so we're making decisions on what should we build. What should we uh, what should we purchase? And so you know we started out a number of years ago, and I would say we're probably about 65% through uh, centralization. And there's different ways to do it, and and we can get into that level of detail maybe a little bit later. But there's certain services that lend themselves to being commoditized, like you know infrastructure and service desk and desktop support. Um, and so, but we we're taking it all on um, as we go through centralization. So um, I would say that we've been able to consolidate contracts uh, for significant savings uh, to the state. You know, instead of uh, vendors going from agency to agency, you know, we negotiate, we use the state's, uh, we leverage the state's negotiating power um, to uh, drive down costs for the state and, and negotiate the best, the best deals. Um, and, you know, I was listening to your intro, which was pretty good. The only thing I would add to that is in the world that we live in today, risk management is really high on the list. When we started this work, I think it was about cost savings and efficiencies, but risk management, in my mind, has kind of moved to the top of the list because all of the other innovative things that we're doing kind of come to a halt if there's an, a, a, a security incident. So uh, that gives you a general sense of where we are, and we're starting to realize some of uh, the benefits of deploying uh, enterprise services, as opposed to as uh, you know, as opposed to all the different flavors of different um, products, which allows us to kind of build some expertise around that um, and, and making us more efficient. And I, I, I think another, my last point I'll make for this particular question is it's really allowed us to equitably distribute the resources. So a couple things that IT does that people, you know, really don't necessarily focus in on is we do a lot with cost avoidance. If you didn't put the solution in place, you would have to have exponentially more employees to do this work. Um, that's sometimes hard to demonstrate that value to people, but I think it certainly is a factor. 
So, uh, so, so we have about 600 um, employees uh, that work in IT across our state government. Uh, about 300 of them are, are employed at our uh, Department of Technology and Information. So there's another 300 IT employees that are out in the organization, uh, and I assure you that there's some redundancy in what they do and what we do. So if we can eliminate that redundancy, it frees up bandwidth statewide to uh, deliver more innovation and work more closely with the agencies to deliver, to deliver services to the citizens. David, let, let's turn to you. Your perspective in the private sector, but still as a very essential partner to state governments across the country, what are you seeing in this consolidation space, and uh, and what overall trends and efforts are you seeing in state government around this? Well, my role at HP, I get to work uh, as, a, as a partner with many, uh, both you know, private but also public sector agencies as they're trying to go through uh, this IT modernization, transformation, and consolidation efforts that they have. And in general, um, over the past few years, most of these consolidation efforts started off just with infrastructure, um, especially in the, in, in the federal government, um, where that was their initial focus. However, last year, um, I saw an increasing trend in which a lot of states and especially state agencies are looking at centralizing the governance efforts as well as the procurement authority um, to control some of the shadow IT as, as well as help with the rationalization of both uh, services and software um, and some of the redundancies that exist you know, across uh, uh, state agencies. Um, and I think, James, you mentioned some of the consolidation within the service contracts. I've seen that in, in other states, and I've also seeing uh, the promotion of new enterprise uh, services and capabilities, like Manesh mentioned, for email and, and uh, some, of, some of the open big data you know, opportunities that reduce cost. Um, so these cost benefits from application rationalization and consolidation of contracts usually far exceed the cost savings from some of the data center consolidation efforts that are only infrastructure focused. And to be honest, it's usually a a great first step for those agencies that are just getting started on their consolidation efforts. By taking a look at uh, how your applications are aligned to your business services and needs, you can actually right-size the new data center that you may be proposing, um, and then ha based on the application footprint of, of what is being proposed or, or, or consolidated. Um, now, though it, it, it may sound easy, it's, it's really not, especially within some of the larger states that, that I have worked with. Um, at times, they need separate uh, you know, IT budgets, and they have to set up a new authority and new policies and processes. Uh, and sometimes complete reorganization of IT is required to be able to actually uh, rationalize capability areas across uh, agencies themselves. Um, but the benefits can be very, very large. Uh, we've seen some uh, double percentage points uh, savings uh, you know, when you start consolidating um, both capabilities uh, and infrastructure versus just focusing uh, on infrastructure by itself. Um, one mistake I, I've seen a lot of agencies you know, repeat is they start these consolidation efforts without a, a really good uh, IT plan or strategic plan where they understand uh, what inventory they currently have and how that inventory relates back to services. So they basically 
uh, unfortunately get started with without a plan, and they may start building and buying infrastructure or moving to infrastructure as a service uh, too quickly. Um, and then it's very hard, uh, since they don't have that baseline, to actually, you know, as, as James mentions, to show some of the savings um, that can be achieved by having some of those measurements in place up front. Um, one, of the, one of the things we've learned that some of the uh, federal and uh, state organizations that that are world class uh, within IT, they tend to be very ruthless um, when it comes to IT governance, specifically with change and configuration management um, of the IT you know, baseline. And quite frankly, I've worked with some states that, uh, that don't have that under control, um, and they really have no business you know, uh, uh, funding or even starting an IT consolidation or modernization effort until they can master some of these uh, common foundational capabilities within IT, such as understanding your baseline. Um, other states I've, I've talked with have mentioned they just want to outsource uh, everything. And I think that that's a strategy, and it can provide a lot of cost savings. But I, I do think you need to keep control of, of at least the, the IT governance aspect so you can, you can continuously measure, improve, and eventually recompete. Um, either the outsourcing contracts over time by understanding your assets. Yeah, that's that's outstanding. I want to turn it back to to James and Mahesh for uh, kind of the the advice column portion of of this talk. Uh, so James Mahesh, you're both obviously pretty far down the road of consolidation in your states, and and while you're not yet done, you still have some work to do. But but you you really have experience more than and most, and I'm sure you've got some advice for some of your peers who might be looking to do the same. And in fact, as we reported on on StateScoop in February. Uh, West Virginia's new chief technology officer, John Dunlap, he, uh, he's planning on putting a premium on consolidation. Uh, so James, I, I want to start with you on this one. You know, what advice do you have for your colleagues about what they should be thinking about when it comes to consolidation? And is there a scenario that you can think of where a state maybe wouldn't want to go down that road? And that's something that David alluded to in his last answer, but I'm curious for your, uh, your thoughts on this. Sure. Um, I think the first one is, uh, and I want to harken back to something David said first. You know, while we're having this nice little neat podcast and it makes it sound all neat, it's actually pretty messy work. Uh, so uh, the first thing I would say that you need is uh, really strong executive level support uh, to get it done because uh, there's a lot of politics and fiefdoms to navigate as you do this work. Uh, I would also say, and and, you know, this is not the way Delaware started, and I'm trying to, to uh, make up some ground here. I would say if I was starting it again, I think it's really important to engage in a very deep level of analysis across the enterprise of what you own uh, as far as infrastructure, what you're responsible for as far as applications, what people are associated with it, because uh, believe it or not, some people can disappear all of a sudden when centralization work starts. Um, and so I uh, recommend that you have a really – and the other thing that's really important is to, that report to end with a clear vision of what the future will look like so that you can show that, you know, to the governor or whoever your executive leader is and that you can show it to your colleagues of this is what we're driving towards, here's going to be the benefits, um, and, uh, and here's what the enterprise will look like. Now, right after I show you this, it's going to get pretty ugly between here and there, but remember, this is what we're driving towards and, and the purpose of, uh, of why you're doing it. 
And, uh, you know, I'll be the first person to tell you that don't lead with cybersecurity um, because, you know, people just think that's my responsibility, um, so they're not really worried about that. we got to lead with how it's going to uh, enable their and equip their staffs, how it's going to improve the services that we deliver to uh, citizens. Um, so those are just a couple things that come to my mind uh, that are really important starting points with this work. And now, Mahesh, I'll, I'll bring that same question to you. Uh, what advice do you have for your peers in the state IT community about consolidation, and, and would you ever advise them not to pursue it? You know, I agree with uh, in a lot of the things that uh, James already talked about. Without the full support of highest level in the governor's office and your budget office, I would say, don't go anywhere close to consolidation because, uh, you know, we were fortunate here to have uh, uh, our governor actually uh, put out an executive order directing a stage, uh, SAGE commission to review the government operations and identify uh, opportunities to reduce cost and improve service delivery. So we had a full support of our governor's office. And uh, without that, I would not go anywhere close. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, you know, Jake, to your question, consolidation is not the right thing to do. Uh, although it is not simple, and at times, you know, you'll you'll see that this is a failing effort that's never going to see the daylight. That's Most of us feel that way, you know, once a couple of times. Uh, but if your state is looking to offer the citizens and businesses the futuristic digital experience and represent your state as a single entity, I don't see any other way of accomplishing that. This is the, this is the only way. But, like, uh, you know, few things to know that this is based on our lessons learned. Consolidations are complex. You know, the approach how every state and where they start is going to vary based on where each state is. Um, in, uh, Jake, in your opening, you said different states adopted different things. You know, some have done infrastructure consolidations, others have gone in and taken like enterprise projects and then only consolidated those. So based on where they are, uh, you know, at the point when they're going to start, like for New York, when I saw what I said in that first question, uh, we had a lot of technology debt. Uh, every agency operated on their own. So it, it was a long journey for us, but I think uh, I would say it's a it's a worthy journey. And uh, the other thing that I would say is establish a very strong relationship with the agency business executives, especially if you're trying to do what New York State did, which is really taking everything, whole stack infrastructure applications and everything. Uh, then you know, just make sure that the agencies and others understand that there will be some discomfort before things get better. Uh, it's like uh, no, one, no one likes the construction, no one likes lane closure, there are going to be discomforts, and uh, just make sure that people know it. And uh, Jake already touched on the other one, which is uh, the staff attrition. People will, you know, will retire. This is difficult, and um, transformation sometimes will, and uh, you know, force people to just make that decision and uh, exit. And one of the things that we saw is when retirements happen, since we don't have control, and because it's not a uh, you know, kind of a planned exit, we're going to lose resources, the resources, you know, some, some of the resources where we need them the most, resources who have the most knowledge about the existing agency systems and agency infrastructure. So, um, you know, I echo the same point that James mentioned, which is uh, make sure that you have a good application inventory, make sure that you have uh, inventory of, and then and the uh, skills inventory of who are the people, and uh, what they know, what systems they support, because absent that, you step into it. I, it's uh, it will be it will be a 
a chaos and a disaster. And then the other thing that I would say is uh, just based on what New York did, uh, we focused, even though originally a lot on the infrastructure uh, effort, uh, we also had a mix of citizen-facing you know, applications. Um, and I think it's very important to maintain that mix. Otherwise, all the work that we are doing uh, if the, uh, you know, in really fixing the plumbing, if we just focus on that, uh, we will lose our audience, we'll lose uh, agency. So that's one of the things that early on we didn't do a good job, but then later on we started mixing the portfolio with both infrastructure and some agency. So that was something that uh, we did. And, um, and the, the last thing I would say is communication is very important that, you know, that all of us will echo that. And uh, I think it's really something that uh, we didn't do a good job, but then later on we um, really, you know, amped that effort is communicating internally within the organization. And one thing I said it to my own staff and others is when we do consolidation, not only we are changing the way that, uh, you know, IT is to our customers, but it is the own change management effort for the agency that we are consolidating. And many, uh, you know, so often any sort of strategies and messages that comes from the top, it, it doesn't distill down to the very end. And, uh, you know, happy employee make happy customers. And they, they don't, when they don't understand, when our own employees don't, you know, uh, are not happy, that really reflects back on what agencies and the customers feel about the transformation. So I think I would just finish off with that key point um, that it's really important to focus on your own employees and then um, make sure that they understand what, what's going on. David, I, I want to bring you back into the conversation here. At HPE, you and your team are, are really working hand-in-hand -hand with a lot of states while they pursue efforts like the ones that, that James and Mahesh have just talked about. What advice do you give them as they try to embark on a, a big consolidation like this or even think about embarking on a consolidation like this? Well, a couple things. I think there are definitely scenarios where we would not recommend consolidation. Um, to give an example, if, you know, when you look at your typical consolidation objectives, typically they're for cost savings and improved operational efficiencies. Um, as part of any consolidation strategy, something like moving everything to shared services or in the cloud is typically one of the objectives that most of our customers are, are trying to do to take full advantage of the cloud. But unfortunately, not every existing application and the legacy applications are really well suited for the cloud and the cost benefit may not uh, be advantageous to consolidate uh, those applications into your consolidation strategy in the cloud. So the trick is, you know, is to create a transition plan first and to identify kind of the low risk, easy to move applications and services, as well as identify the high risk and expensive to operate, you know, in the cloud applications and services. Uh, and then uh, come up with a, a do not transform list as well as you know a ready to transform list so that you can have a, a good uh, transformation strategy and stay away from the areas that are going to um, probably cause more pain uh, uh, than, than they're worth. And I've seen a lot of organizations uh, have a mandate or, or, or have policy in place where everything has to move when simply some things don't don't make sense to move. They need to be modernized. Um, and they should separate the modernization initiatives uh, out from the consolidation strategy and then ha handle those uh, separately. And then the last piece of advice is to make sure that they 
they have good a good practice in place for having a program architecture review board or a consolidation uh, review board that takes a look at all the requests um, and requirements for consolidation. And, and then they have the ability to actually kill um, things that aren't well suited. And that goes back to making sure you have the right IT governance and executive sponsorship. Um, but if you can't kill things, you can't rationalize and you can't uh, consolidate. Um, and this. Uh, uh, the side effect of this is it enables more resources to focus on the consolidation activities and you can actually move an agency forward faster and avoids wasting good resources you know on kind of on the wrong things um, so that's kind of my advice being able to focus on selecting the right investments making sure you're executing achieving the value over time um, and that you you focus on those critical success factors that you set up for your consolidation initiatives like you would any IT initiative um, you know, uh, to make sure you're, you're achieving the, the overall values. That's a really interesting perspective. So thank you for that, David. So, so we're, we're just about ready to wrap up here, but, but I do want to bring in one more, one more question. And you know, we talked at the beginning about how consolidation can really enable states to embrace new technologies and to analyze data. Uh, so really, you know, what we're talking about here is that it can fundamentally change the way that states operate. But, but David, I want to go right back to you here. How does consolidation fit into other across-the-board strategies in state government IT, like cybersecurity or Internet of Things or even workforce challenges? You know, how can consolidation help or, or even in some cases hurt these things? Well, well thank you, Jake. I, I believe the biggest side effect and beneficiary of a great consolidation plan is cybersecurity. Um, so, you know, consolidation, you know, if it's done right, means less inventory, less applications, less services, and most importantly, less data that requires monitoring. So a you know, good consolidation strategy will drive greater situational awareness of your environment, and it reduces your mean time to find and repair vulnerabilities, um, as, as well as simplify your SIAM you know, requirements. So, you know, although, uh, as James mentioned earlier, cyber should not be the reason to, to do your consolidation. Usually the, you have more of a financial um, you know, benefits that would drive your consolidation. However, they are probably the biggest benefactor. So getting them uh, to realize that the consolidation effort is going to help them in the long run usually can get buy-in from that, that group. Um, and then some of the other initiatives like big data initiatives that would be well served by uh, uh, providing enterprise-based solutions and tools for, such as the uh, Internet of Things, sensor data, workforce enablement that may exist within agencies. You can really reduce the effort uh, to provide that capability across the agencies if you have an enterprise strategy for it. And when you're uh, looking at your consolidation initiatives, picking out those key elements that are cross-cutting, like data analysis and big data analysis, you can get great benefits, um, retire a lot of applications, um, dozens if not hundreds of applications and cuff systems that are essentially doing the same thing. They're accessing searching data and reporting on data. Um, so those are some of the, uh, some of the I guess, intangible or side effects that, that I would see that are, that are cross-cutting. So what about from your perspective, James? I mean, how is consolidation strengthening or, or hurting some of your efforts in other areas of your organization? Yeah, thanks, Jake. I got to say, I think, uh, you know, Mahesh and, and, and David just made some really great points, and I am going on record that I am going to lift Mahesh's uh, illustration of uh, the transportation 
uh, as it relates to centralization because it's a it's a like a perfect metaphor for what we're doing, but people can actually see it. Um, we would never think about you know a decentralized approach to our transportation network, um, and for obvious reasons, it would cost more. The planning would be redundant. Uh, it wouldn't be efficient, and and you know for obvious reasons. And I think all of those reasons reasons comport very well into centralization. Um, and and I also like uh, you know D David's point of you know this is complex stuff that um, in the beginning it's going to kind of be like a construction project. You know, we're going to have to close the road. There's going to be delays. It really, uh, and I'm getting to your question, Jake, but some of the realities is are it, that it makes it difficult initially. You're literally changing the culture of your customers. Uh, what I've observed when IT is decentralized, it gets uh, superseded in, on the priority list by agency-specific uh, initiatives. Like if you're in law enforcement, they're buying vehicles, they're buying weapons, they're buying surveillance equipment, and the IT guys down at the end of the table saying, hey, I need to replace this equipment. And the question is kind of like, is it still working? And people go, yes, and they go, we'll keep using it. And, they, and so it doesn't get the priority that it needs in the organizations because it's lower it's, uh, in the organization. And even in the, uh, the central organization, many times is not necessarily uh, aligned to be scalable to bring these resources in and assume the new responsibilities. So take, uh, doing some prudent and thorough planning and analysis up front, as, as David kind of uh, alluded to, and deciding, making very decisive decisions about what you can take on are, are critical. But I, I also, you know, drive forward the point that I don't see another way to get to the end result that we're trying to get to, those citizen-centric services. In Delaware, we are endeavoring to be able to use uh, our data as a strategic asset. And right now, it's all over the place in different systems, uh, very decentralized that uh, are on uh, from older to modern technologies that don't talk to each other. So moving towards a common platform, a common approach to IT enables us to do that, enables us to reduce risk, uh, enables us to maximize our resources. From a human resource perspective, we're eliminating the redundancies, which I think further enables uh, innovation. Uh, and from a fiscal uh, perspective, where there's a tremendous amount of cost avoidance down the road. If you don't do this work, the cost, the multiplied cost of building the IT organization in each one of your agencies that you really need to, uh, for scalability, efficiency, and security is exponential. Wow, really, really good points there. James, and you're right, you did get around getting back to that question, so it's a good word. <laughs> <laughs> I was working my way back, but those other guys made such great points, I could, I had to say something. So Mahesh, I want to turn to you, uh, we'll get your final thoughts here, you'll get the last word. Uh, how, how do you see consolidation really strengthening, or, you know, as, as we've alluded to in the past answers here, potentially weakening some of the other efforts underway across New York State? So I will build on the points that both uh, David and uh, James made, right? So, like David mentioned, I wouldn't do consolidation just because I want to get secure. But I also heard 
which is absolutely true. But I also uh, heard, you know, some of the individuals ask questions and uh, like, when you consolidate, don't you have a higher risk because all the data is in one place? Now, you know, you've got one golden basket that everybody can tap into. But I see it this way. We can leave it all distributed all over the place and not know what the risk is and sleep well, or at least now everything is protected and you can put three layers of protection around it and then know what the risks are. So I still believe consolidation gives us, you know, uh, even though it is not the single major factor, but it puts us uh, in a better place from a security perspective. And then going back to what James was saying about, you know, other, when it is not consolidated, other business priorities get superseded uh, and uh, IT goes to the bottom. And I will say that we are, you know, like when I talked about uh, the whole technology debt before, that is the primary reason why the technology debt actually builds up. And now tying those two things together from a security perspective, in New York, and I think I'm sure that it is with many other states, one of the biggest security risks is because the softwares are not patched. We're not at the right system level. I'm sure that many of us still have Windows 2003 servers lying around, even though you know, Microsoft doesn't support it anymore. And having all consolidated, it gives us the ability to go fix these things in one place rather than going and doing you know, across 50 different data centers. So that's uh, what I see as the benefit from a security perspective. And I want to turn to the next one uh, that you talked about, uh, Jake, and uh, on the data side. And uh, David had in a lot of great things about um, you know, how you would use data as an asset, and so is uh, uh, James. So uh, what has New York done beyond the consolidation from an infrastructure perspective? I think uh, uh, by having a single CIO, a single IT organization, and, and here's the struggle that I think many states go through. Typically, when you are not centralized, Every agency kind of looks at the data as their own data set, not state's data. So, you know, I'll take an example. I'm going to use a classic example uh, like licensing. So state does a lot of licensing. So I am uh, in a liquor shop. I want to open a liquor store, want to get a license in New York State. I don't know about uh, Delaware, uh, James, but New York State, you have to touch at least four or five agencies to get all the licenses and permits, um, you know, to run a liquor store. By having it centralized and uh, having these kind of business transformation efforts on top of the technology efforts run from one place, we now see it across. So we have an application that we are working, and actually there is a version of it that's already up there, where we now collect all the knowledge. We uh, um, we're looking uh, to, uh, you know, to build a single data intake form. So it's almost like TurboTax where you provide that information only once, and then we dissipate that information to all the agencies, whatever they need uh, to collect it. So it's from a data perspective, we have one place where we store that information about a business and an individual. And from a customer or a business perspective, it gives them the feeling of they are working with a single state, not with you know every independent entity where they are we are asking for the same information over and over again. So, so I think you know those are some of the uh, really wonderful things that uh, we've been able to get. And workforce, I would say the same thing on workforce. Uh, when we were uh, you know completely decentralized, we had no idea of what our strengths and weaknesses are, how we build a uh, 
you know, a really a, a, a workforce plan or a staffing plan for the next uh, five years. And now, uh, to David's point, by having uh, enterprise standards on technologies and uh, also reviewing through a governance that we are investing only in those standards, and when we have a new need that's looked at it from an enterprise view, we can actually um, build the skill set to align with what our future is from a technology perspective. So uh, I think I can go on and on, uh, you know, to say why consolidation helps uh, in in many different ways. And uh, and and Jake, in in closing, what I would like to say is, I would say consolidation is a relay race, right? With each lab taking us further into the digital enablement uh, journey. And, uh, and you know, having been in government and seen things happen in government, in government it's further complicated because our officials change, our sponsors change, uh, and some of the leadership and agencies change. So uh, I think, uh, you know, one thing I would say is if you're try- in government, if you're trying to do a consolidation, I would plan with clear milestones and then make sure that we can demo- demonstrate you know, progress very short time. So every year, every other year, show, show some progress so that to keep the consolidation alive and demonstrate that uh, consolidation is actually reaping benefits. Um, and uh, you know, we have been lucky to have the full support of the governor's administration. So we have kept this alive for um, now, you know, we are from 2011, about six years. Um, and uh, so that's that's really really important. So that's that's uh, that's my input. That's my take on it. What a uh, what a point to end on there, Mahesh. Thank you, uh, thank you so much. And and unfortunately, that that's all the time that we have today on uh, on priorities. I, I, w- I want to thank David Ray, the CTO for Software for HPE, James Collins, Delaware CIO, and Mahesh Natanmai, the Executive De- Deputy Chief Information Officer for State of New York, for offering their thoughts on consolidation and optimization today on our show. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. Thank you, Jake. And yes. Priorities is indeed back for a second season this year. We'll have episodes coming once or twice a month for the remaining of the year, and we'll be touching on all of the top 10 priorities of state CIOs, as well as a few more that might come up along the way. So be sure to keep your eye on State Scoop for more. I want to thank HPE, though, for sponsoring the first episode of Season 2. We'll be back in June for another episode with our friends at HPE. So be sure to check back and uh, and check that out. Uh, Priorities is available online at statescoop.com, on iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. In addition to great podcasts like Priorities and Context, be sure to check back to statescoop.com for all the latest news and events in state and local government information technology. If you're going to be at NASIO's mid-year conference this year just outside of D.C., please stop by and see us. Our entire reporting team will be on hand to meet you, hear about what you're working on, and uh, and cover the conference. We're also going to be recognizing our top 50 women in technology and the winners of our State Scoop 50 awards at the conference. For more information, reach out to us at hello at statescoop.com. Final thanks to HPE for sponsoring today's episode. I'm your host, Jake Williams, State Scoop's Manager of Strategic Initiatives. Thanks for listening. <laughs>